can you just take a moment and kind of and introduce yourself to our audience about kind of who you are and what you bring to this lovely episode? Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for having me. My name is Jessica Maloney, and I am a breakthrough self-love coach, licensed mental health counselor, motivational speaker, and author. I empower busy, growth-minded women leaders to increase their confidence and flawlessly know their worth so that they can break through negative patterns of thought and self-sabotage so and magnetize love and success into their lives. I've had the pleasure of speaking on stages uh, alongside of Jillian Michaels, Vivica A. Fox, and my mentor, Les Brown. Um, I've served as an expert on various mental health panels in publishing and in media, just sharing tips and tricks related to mental health awareness and self-care. I have published the Breakthrough Self-Guided Empowerment Journal to help others to really take the first steps of finding themselves and decluttering the mental barriers so that they can turn their past failures into stepping stones of advancement. I've been featured in Times Square twice for sharing my messages of self-love and body positivity and was awarded by the Women Doing It Big and recently uh, Schneps Media and Dan's Papers for my contributions to women's empowerment and entrepreneurship. Um, I host a variety of events and workshops on mindset and vision boards, and I'm actually hosting a very powerful self-love, self-care retreat this April for women out in East Hampton here in New York. Ooh, we'll have to talk more about that at the end of this. Um, you mentioned that you are an author and that you've developed a journal. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? That intrigued me. I wanted to jump in, but I just made a note. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, my, no, you know, it might be cutting out, so I apologize. Um, so yes, I, I took a lot of the experiences that I had as a mental health counselor and through my journey of discovering self-awareness and self-love, which I'll be happy to tell you about too, um, coming through that myself, really recognizing like what I needed to ask myself, what discover about myself and how to go through that process and to look in the mirror and ask themselves some very hard questions about who they are, what they value and where they really want to see themselves. So I created a, uh, a guided journal. So it has a few different activity pages in there to really like start those wheels turning and like reflect on our past to turn it into our, our future and some goal setting pages. I have some really like valuable, I think, tricks to be able to set goals that you will actually achieve and setting them in the different areas of our life that help us to be the most well-rounded that we can. And then of course there's daily reflection pages. So there's morning reflection and evening reflections. So we can set intentions, kind of set the tone for the day, and then be able to reflect and learn from our experiences throughout the day so that we can grow and potentially do even better tomorrow. I love that. So you mentioned that you yourself have come through some healing. And if you you want to share some of that with our audience? Sure. Or all of that, you know, whichever. <laughs> well, I'll try to spare you all the gory details, but um, honestly, for most of my life, I was very much a people pleaser. I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety through my teen years and even had a, an experience of trying to take my own life. Mm. I struggled. Sorry. No, that's okay. Thank you, though. Um, it was one of those things that there was a reason that that didn't work for me. And it took me a long time to realize it, but I struggled through my teen years and my twenties, really knowing who I was. And I, like I said, became a people pleaser, a chameleon, if you will, and found myself in a slew of toxic relationships, you know, where I eventually found myself in a relationship where I was mentally and emotionally abused and mm -hmm. eventually allowed a broken man to break me. I, I really, I signed up to be a volunteer victim in my own life. And 
I think I was intimidated because I had this mental health background and I should have known better than to succumb to this type of uh, manipulation, if you will. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to realize what I was in and what it really like was for me, you know, because you learn about these things in school or I learned about these things in school. But then when you experience them in real life, it's so subtle and so easy to say, well, if he just hit me, then I would leave. Yes. Or if this just happened, then I would leave. And we find ourselves, well, I found myself kind of deteriorating in this, losing myself more and more when I came from a place of not even knowing who I was in the beginning. I found myself in an argument that I had had countless times before and just, I I couldn't take it anymore. And maybe some of your listeners can relate to this, but I stood there and it was like a wave of anxiety came over my entire body. And if you've ever seen like, in like one of those movies where glass breaks really slowly, you just see it all shatter at first and the shatter spread throughout my entire body. And then it's like, everything came crashing down. And in that moment, I realized that I had surrendered to allow how he made me feel to dictate my thoughts, my choices and the people around me. In that moment, it was a defining moment in my life. I realized that if anybody was gonna save me, that I had to save me. And then if I wanted somebody to love me, that I had to love me. This was my first idea that like self-love was even a thing because I used to roll my eyes so hard and people would be like, you should love yourself. I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) But that moment it was like, wow, I think that I need to love myself. And there's a quote by Lucille Ball. She says, love yourself first and everything else falls into line. You really need to love yourself to get anything done in this world. I love you. I did not know that was a quote from her. That's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad that you were able to have that epiphany in that moment. Um, While I never like hearing any of the stories of what people had to go through, hearing at that moment, being able to really recognize, oh, wait a minute, I do have to love myself. That had to be pretty powerful. So what did you do from there? I started challenging myself everything that he told me I couldn't do, everything he told me that I shouldn't do or I, I wasn't good enough to do, I, I started testing those theories. I started figuring out how much I could really handle and some of it was really hard. But the reality is that we often tell ourselves that we can't do things, but we just haven't tried it yet. So really challenging myself and, and asking myself the question of like, is this the life that you want? is who, who are you? Who do you want to be? What's important to you? So facing myself, asking myself these hard questions, figuring out what my values are, challenging my thoughts and my behaviors, figuring out what I can do instead of what I can't do, not just allowing what everybody else told me that I should be or, or was supposed to be become me that I I never defined myself. So I had to really look at myself and ask myself, what do you want? I don't even know what I want to eat, let alone who I want to be. I mean, come on. I was like, we don't need to be doing this right now. But the self challenges and the self care, because again, as women, we're often rewarded for busyness. We're often rewarded for taking care of everybody else. And listen, those are natural instincts, but we're never encouraged or rarely encouraged or rewarded for taking care of yourself. So yeah, there's the label of that selfish. Yes. Yes. Well, that's one thing that I say all the time. Self-care is not selfish. 
you know, yeah, I heard that for many years. So how can you be so selfish to take time for yourself? And okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> and it took years. Yeah. If you're, if you're not well, how could I possibly be good for somebody else? Like, I know for me, like if, if I'm not in a good mood or if I'm struggling with my anxiety, or if I'm just not, not feeling my best today, like I, that might come out on my kids, you know? So if I want to be my best self, like I need to, I need to take a moment. I need to take an hour. I need to be able to do things that are important for me so that I can be my best self for the people that depend on me, you know, because if I'm not well, I'm not giving my best self to them. And now I'm in charge of, you know, their lives and their futures and their well-being. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> None at all. It's a thing as a mom, I think. I, I I go back to um something that was told to me by a counselor a long time ago when you're on an airplane. They always tell you to put your mask on first before you put it on the one next to you, your child or your um elder or whoever. And for years I never understood that concept, but that's exactly it. If I'm not well, or if I'm not breathing, how can I care for the person next to me properly? And just that simple analogy was like eye-opening for me. So I love that it's becoming more talked about that a professional like you is having a retreat to really embrace it and help others embrace it. I think that is absolutely beautiful. Now, kind of a difficult question is how long did it take you to, to challenge yourself to become this new version of who you wanted to be? Um, it took me about five years. Definitely um, not overnight. <laughs> no. And I also did it on my own. You know, I, I struggled in silence and the people that I was surrounded with, they didn't quite understand this idea of self either. Mm-hmm. That a lot of the other people that I would confide in or talk to about these things, there was a mentality of like, you should just stay. It's easier. Yeah. So it became very challenging for me to have all of these feelings and all of this uncertainty and then be met with, I don't even know what to call it, but just like a a path back into like these dark woods that I just kind of like started seeing there's more to the world than the darkness, but like, you want me to go back in and I'm like, there's something in me that's like, "Mm, maybe not a good idea. So that's why I decided to expand on my mental health business and step into this world of online coaching and events and retreats, because I don't want another woman to suffer the way that I did alone in silence and going through this process that could potentially take a lot less than five years. I mean, it's yeah. a process though. So like, let's be honest, it's not going to be overnight. <laughs> yeah. To have a guide, to have somebody holding your hand, to have to say like, this is what's next. I know it's scary, but hey, you can do it because this is what I know and this is what I've experienced. So I can give that to somebody else now. You know, it's not just that, hey, I learned about this in school and this is how we deal with it, but I learned about it in school. I've lived some of this and now I have this very unique experience to be able to share and relate and to guide in a very different and unique way which again, it just, it's my passion. So I, I want to be able to bring this to as many people that I possibly can. Something I, I was also a people pleaser, um, learned that it was, I was conditioned that way from my childhood. And one of the hardest things for me is as I was coming into my new self, defining who I wanted to be, I learned that relationships didn't always come with me because people were used to 
the people pleaser. And how could you change? Why would you change? We liked that version of you. So can you talk a little bit about leaving behind those who may not support the new you? Yes. Oh, this, this is so important. I actually had this conversation with Jillian Michaels. Also, we talked about the fact that people, people who we are surrounded with tend to become very uncomfortable when we change because it, it shows them two things. It shows them either that we are growing and we are outgrowing them and we may leave them, or it shows them that they are staying stagnant and they are not where they want to be. So both of those things create discomfort for the other person. So instead of saying, I want to grow with you, they say, don't grow, stay small so that I don't feel bad about myself. Stay small so you don't leave me. Those people are essentially not supporting us. And we're reflecting back to them that they're not where they want to be either, but it's not our job to, to, to make them want to change. They have to want to change. They have to want to grow. They have to want more for themselves and then to come with us. Because a lot of times when we are growing and the person that we are with in whatever capacity is not growing, people grow apart. Like it's a thing. People will grow apart. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're growing in different directions. It could just mean that one person is growing and the other person is not, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're having these life experiences consistently. So if we're not trying to learn from them, if we're not trying to grow from them, uh, I don't know, stagnation, it never, they say like, it's your comfort zone. Right. And like the comfort zone is dark. Nothing grows in the comfort zone, but the comfort zone is not actually comfortable. It is familiar. The reason we stay in these comfort zones is because like, this might be chaos. This might be dark, but I know how to navigate chaos in the dark. I learned that. I figured it out. So I'm comfortable. I am familiar with it. The idea of going outside instead of light that hurts my eyes. I don't want to do that. Like, "Mm, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you go outside into the light and you get adjusted, then like, think about living your life in the light. Think about like everything else that's outside of that dark comfort zone. Right. And I think that 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 scares people sometimes. So being able to recognize that it's okay for me to grow. It is important for me to grow. That like if you don't grow, what happens? Like if you have a plant and it doesn't grow, what does it do? You know, like, I don't know. I don't want to live my life that way. So why do I have to sacrifice myself to make somebody else feel good? Why do I have to light myself on fire to keep somebody else warm? It doesn't work like that. So we need to be able to recognize that it is okay for me to do this. And if you choose not to, then that is your choice. And I do not have to fault you for it. I do not have to force you to grow with me, but I can graciously leave you exactly where you are if that's where you choose to stay. It's not easy, but would you rather sacrifice yourself or choose to grow and be able to do more and experience more and have more, you know, and then you, you meet more people like through this journey of myself and stepping out into this online community. I got to work with Les Brown for nine months. I have a huge community of other speakers that for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by men and women, but women specifically, because like, I feel like women are sometimes more aggressive towards each other, (laughs) but women who wanted me to succeed. They said, Hey, how can I help you? Where there's room for all of us. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> you want to help me? I was yeah. like, what's the catch? What's the catch? Yes. <laughs> there was just, there was just genuineness of people wanting to see other people succeed. And I think that when we're stuck in these places with other people who choose not to grow, they don't have that growth mindset. They don't have this idea that like, all right, well, if you get there first, then that's cool. Like you pull me up. It's everyone's got to get to the first place first, you know? So understanding that it is okay and often necessary for us to outgrow relationships because sometimes we do need to leave other things behind so that we can make room for better things to come along. So I see this in our group a lot and personally have experienced it. I found that it wasn't just friendships or professional relationships. It was also family. Hmm. So what do you, how do you recommend the relationship be maintained as family? If it's possible in my case, unfortunately it was not. Hmm. If you're going to continue down this path of enlightenment and positivity for yourself and grow and they just can't accept it. There are people in our group that say, but I need to go to Sunday dinner still. How do I make this work? So do you have advice for those folks on how to, how to still follow this path with family as the ones who are struggling with the growth? Um, so the first thing I will say is boundaries. The second thing I will say is that you have permission to detach from your family. It's not the most popular opinion, but toxicity exists all around us. That sometimes we need to be the first ones to break general cur generational curses. You know, that like there are things that have been done the same way for however long. And like, this is just how it's done. This is the way we do it. But if it's, if we, if everybody just did things the way it's always been done, we wouldn't be sitting here today. We, we wouldn't have a lot of the things that we have today. Somebody had to break the mold. You know, so if that needs to be the case, like, again, and maybe an unpopular opinion, but you have permission to release toxicity from your life, no matter who it's from. But if we're going to engage, then we do want to have boundaries. Like, again, you need to know for yourself what, what level of self-care is important enough to you that you are not willing to sacrifice yourself any lower. That if I'm going to come to Sunday dinner... I do not want to be asked about this certain thing, maybe, or I can only stay until eight or whatever the boundary may be. And then if that person violates that boundary, you let them know, Hey, listen, I, I thought I said, we didn't want to talk about that. If they continue to violate your boundary, you can excuse yourself until they decide to respect it. You know, if it's eight o'clock, I'm like, Oh, just stay for one more. Sorry, it's eight o'clock. I gotta run. It's important for you to honor yourself because if you don't honor yourself, you are breaking trust with yourself. And self-trust is the foundation of confidence. So if we want to be able to have boundaries and keep them up, we have to first trust ourselves so that other people will also trust and respect those boundaries. But there's so much to talk about on boundaries. I was actually talking about this the other day at a different speaking event, but we kind of stopped on boundaries because there was just so much to go over. It could be a whole episode. For I did a whole series on Clubhouse on boundaries. Oh, with wow. My friend, Joy Allen, she's incredible too. Um, she's just a, a variety of information on, again, knowing yourself, knowing what your triggers are, what's important to you, 
and like where you're, where you're not willing to negotiate on certain things. You know, what do you, what do you really want out of this relationship that you have with this family member? What do you want out of this relationship? You know, I think oftentimes we let other people dictate how the relationship mm. go because it's just always how it's been done. Yes. <laughs> Especially if it's like an elder, like a mother. Yes. You know, times like, again, those generational curses have a way of kind of trickling into us. And like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but again, to be self-aware and to recognize that this is a behavior that was maybe taught to me or ingrained in me, but we can unlearn things. Our minds are constantly evolving. And like this neuroplasticity that we have, we can learn new things. We can create new neural pathways in our mind and we can unlearn things. Unlearning is just a little bit harder. <laughs> so it's possible, but just, just don't give up hope. And one of the things that I wanted to, to mention too, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Lisa Nichols, but she's an incredible female speaker and she speaks a lot on relationships. And one okay. of the things that she talks about is to fill your cup, right? They say like, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So she, she says to think about your cup as a teacup and it's on a saucer, right? Like a good old tea party. So you think about your teacup and you fill up your cup so much. You want to love yourself. You want to take care of yourself so much that it overflows onto your saucer, that when you are going to give love to somebody, to your family member, to a romantic partner, even to a friend, that you love them from your saucer, you love them from your overflow, that I'm going to give you this love because I love you and I care about you. But if you take that love and you violate my boundary or you take that and you run and you hurt me, I am not left empty. They're like, I can still love myself. I can still care for myself. My cup is still full. That might hurt if you take my saucer and you run away with my extra but I will not be left depleted. And I think that's what we all need to remember that that's why that self-care stuff is so important and it's not selfish because there will be people in our lives that run away with our extra. Yeah. <laughs> they will overflow and they'll be like, thanks, I need that. Yep, <laughs> mine. <laughs> Sometimes they need it. So if you're full and you're loving from an overflow, then you can potentially like experience somebody trying to violate your boundary and still be able to get up and walk away saying, this is not what I want from this relationship. I don't appreciate the way that you've spoken to me or the way that you treated me. We discussed this. So maybe we'll give it a try next Sunday. I love that. Um, <laughs> and I really appreciate you from a professional perspective, giving your thoughts on whether it's unpopular or not, permission to detach from anyone, no matter who it is, if they're not um, adding positivity to your life in the way that you need. That um, is something that I wish I'd have heard many years ago. And I think it's important because I do see that within our support group. So um, now let's talk a little bit more about what you do in the topic of self-love and self-care. We've got two terms here. So can you describe what is self-love and what is self-care? Sure. Well, I define self-love as holding your happiness and your well-being in the highest regard that you are going to choose yourself and take care of, of yourself at a level that makes you feel whole and complete. Because again, when we're not whole and complete, there's only so much that we can really give to others that I don't have to sacrifice my well-being or the needs that I have in order to please others. And like I often say, like, I'm a recovering people pleaser because like some of that just doesn't go away. Like some of that is just like, oh, like I feel bad in that. And like, even with the boundaries, yeah. sometimes we have to just do it with the fear. Like my friend, Rachel Harvey, when I asked her about this, she said, it's not that you're fearless. Fearless means feeling the fear and doing it anyway. 
So being able to recognize that, like, again, loving yourself is holding yourself in this high regard and choosing yourself and your needs and not sacrificing your well-being that no matter what you fix up so much that you love others from your overflow, that again, self-love is just, it's, it's the choice that essentially that we are, are choosing to love ourselves, that self-love is a journey, not a destination. So recognizing that I can make a choice to love myself every day. I can make a choice to do something that shows myself love every day. So even if I can only just not be so negative towards myself, if that's how I love myself today, because it's a rough day, then that's how I love myself today. It is a journey that we're not trying to get to this idea of self-love. It's not like this island and it's like glorious and everything is warm. Here and I am. <laughs> You're full of food and all the good things. Like it's not, it's, it's a choice to engage in every day. And it's a beautiful choice. So like, I'm going to choose to love myself today. I don't have to love everything about myself. I can still look in the mirror right now and tell you about how I'm not ready for summer and some swimsuits and all these other things. <laughs> I can tell you about all the things that I don't like about myself just as easily, but my perspective and my choice to focus on, again, what I can do and what I can't do, mm-hmm. what I, I like and love and how I can appreciate myself for my growth. So one of my favorite affirmations is that I'm growing stronger and more confident every day. That I, might not, I might not feel very strong today. I might not be my most confident self today, but I can confidently say that I'm growing every day. So again, making that choice to just see things differently, to perceive yourself in a new okay. way, focus on what your journey is and how far you've come sometimes, and not so much that maybe you're not where you want to be or that you're still struggling with things. That like, again, I can love myself today. It doesn't mean I love everything about myself. Okay. And then what is self-care? So self-care is the act of engaging in a a care, right? (laughs) So um, a lot of our self-care, a lot of the self-care that we see are things like, you know, getting a massage or putting on a candle and like maybe some soft music, taking a bubble bath. So again, like these things are great self-care activities, like doing um, some crystal work. Like I actually just got a certification in crystal sound bowl healing, which is, I love it. It's so amazing. And like, it's actually, it's a, it's like a deeper level of self-care because it affects your brainwaves in a different way. So it helps to kind of clear out some of the clutter. So mm-hmm. self-care can be some of these very soothing and relaxing yoga, massage, okay. therapy. It can also be exercise and creativity. Like those are two of my favorites and I'll tell you why. Um, okay. Getting active, going for a walk, being outside in nature, huge, huge beneficial things. It can also be like going to the doctor and like following up on like a thing that you needed to do. It's again, prioritizing your health and well-being. So sometimes, sometimes it's a stuff that we don't, don't want to do. Sometimes it's a super fun stuff. And then there's the deep self-care, which is okay. what this, my, what my retreat is really about. It's doing the things that nobody really wants to do. <laughs> it's, okay. asking, it's asking and answering the questions that nobody else will ever ask you. Like I ask my clients, like, who are you? They become physically uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, then they tell me their job title. I'm like, that's not. I'm Cara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm Jessica, I'm a health counselor. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't tell me who you are. It tells me what you do, right? It gives me your name that somebody gave you. It has nothing to do with who you are. Yeah. Right? So we're not often asked these questions. 
Who are you? What's important to you? Why do you value the relationships that you have in your life? You know, and being able to really get to know yourself, to create a level of self-awareness to figure out why do you do the things that you do? Why do you think the way that you think? Because once you have an awareness on that, then you've created the opportunity for change. Yes. So I do all the stuff I do. I love the surface stuff. We'll go to the nail salon. I'm there. You want to go get our hair done? Sure. Like you want to do the deep stuff? Like, sure. Let's get some tissues and some sweatpants and like, let's get to it. Okay. I love that. So you mentioned when we were talking before we started recording that there, you call it the process of self-love and the levels of self-care. So can you go into what the process of self-love is and then the levels of self-care? Sure. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll do a brief because we can, we can get deep on it, but I want to be able to give it to you, give you. As okay. Much as- so again, the, the journey of self-care is, um, sorry, the process of self-love is that like, again, remembering that it is a journey, not a destination that it, it it's, it's a practice. It's a choice to engage in every day. It's not a reality. Like I said, we don't necessarily, I don't have to be like, I love myself so much. It's like, yes, I love myself. It means that I value who I am and I prioritize me. And that like, I'm not just going to let somebody walk all over me Yeah, because I care about me, you know? So again, it doesn't have to be the reality, but it's a practice. It's a choice every day. Okay. The second part is being able to reprogram our thinking. So again, our minds are constantly like evolving and changing. And it's, it's fascinating because we have roughly 75,000 thoughts a day that rattle around in our brain. And 91% of them are identical to the thoughts that we had yesterday and the thoughts that we had the day before that. Okay. The difference in our success today over yesterday is really only in the 9% of the things that we think about. So think about like the new things that come into your mind every day. It's probably because like you have a new thing going on for work or something else happened with kids or something else that you have to do or think about. I got to plan that, that again, we're not programming our thinking. We're allowing our minds, these crazy, incredible things to just like run free sometimes. Right. But again, we've had conditioning and programming from birth up until wherever it is that we are right now. So you've been taught what to think and not really how to think. But if you can create a level of awareness and reprogram your thinking, you can train your brain to look out for the things that you want to draw into your life. It's one of the things that I talk a lot about in my vision board workshops, that if you can really think about what you want to think about, if you can think about what you want to bring into your life more, your brain will automatically start looking for it, right? Like if you ever go to the store and like you see something that you're like, oh, like that's kind of cute. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't really need it. But then you get home. You're like, oh man, I, I needed that thing. I, I wasn't even thinking. And then it's like, mm, cause you're, you're not, you weren't programmed to be looking out for that thing in some way your brain didn't see it as important. So again, we're naturally just kind of wired to think about what's important and it's not really what's important. It's what we think about most often. Yes. So what you're, what you think about most often, like what pops in your brain most often, I can't do this. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed out. If those are the things that pop up most often, like what else stresses you out? What else can we look for? It's waiting for it. So Mm -hmm. change those intentions, you change those affirmations, you change that inner voice, 
you can re reprogram your entire thought process, which is a pretty cool idea. So remembering that it's a practice, not a reality that we are going to work to reprogram our thinking, reprogram our thinking by thinking a little bit more intentionally and on purpose and by challenging yourself. Like I said before, taking all the things that either you've told yourself you can't do or somebody else told you that you can't do and change the dynamic, change the words that I just haven't tried that yet. I'm not sure what I can do. Let me see. Sometimes knowledge is power. Let me just see what I can find out here, a little Google search, right? Let me just test the waters a little bit. Like one of the things like when... I was kind of on my journey was, can I take both of my kids out by myself? Can I handle both of them out in the community running around being wild, crazy? All right, so we're gonna go like for a walk around the block. We're gonna go to the playground that's fenced in. <laughs> and like, then we went to this Jurassic steps. Yeah. Right, and it was like, like kids running crazy, there was dinosaurs and I was like, oh, I got a little overwhelmed. <laughs> But we did it and we build up to it and we challenge ourselves. So whatever it is that you think you can't do, first of all, change your thought process around it and then challenge that because our thoughts and our feelings, our behaviors are all connected. So if you think you can and then you behave in a way that you can, then your feelings around that whole idea will change. They're like it's really one step in the right direction and the rest kind of follows as long as you're intentional. So again, <clears throat> after challenging yourself, making sure that you know what your boundaries are, because once you begin to find a sense of self and you start that growth process, people will notice and they'll be like, you shouldn't be doing that. Why are you doing that? And they're going to make you question yourself because we're recovering people pleasers. I'm just starting this. I'm not really sure. You're and right. I should go back and do that. <laughs> right. Like, let me just relax. This is too much. But recognizing that like, I'm doing this for me, there's a process here that like, I, I am growing from, I am finding value in that maybe it's okay if you don't, but please don't criticize me for it. You know, recognizing where your boundaries are. What do you want? What do you see for yourself? How is this relationship benefiting you if they are potentially telling you that you can't do something that you're trying to see if you can? You know, do you feel supported in that relationship? Again, no matter who it is. You know, does somebody want to see you succeed or are they intimidated by you? And then the last part of the self-love is learning from our mistakes, which was a foundation for the journal that I wrote. Again, turning our past failures, our past experiences into stepping stones of advancement. One of the things that was the hardest for me was looking back at a lot of the past relationships that I had with men in my life and recognizing that I was never a person in any of those relationships. I, I behaved in a way that I thought they wanted me to be, that I thought would get me loved, that I thought would like make somebody want me. But I didn't even know who I was. I didn't, I mean, I don't even know if I wanted myself. But again, going back to this idea that you do have to have a level of self-love in order to even love somebody else or to be loved. You know, so being able to look back at your mistakes, not that you have to take responsibility for all of that. Let me just clarify that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I can look back at my past relationships and I can sit here all day and tell you how each one of these guys were a bunch of jerks and like they screwed mm -hmm. me over, they were mean to me and all these things. 
But I can also sit here and tell you that I probably stayed too long in those relationships. I probably allowed mm-hmm. people to mistreat me and then they believed that it was okay. I allowed things that I would no longer allow at this point in my life. So I can recognize the part that I played, that you are not responsible for the whole thing. But if you can find the part that you played and say, you know what? I I shouldn't have let him talk to me like that. If that's it, then let's grow from that. We're no no longer going to let people talk down to us. And we don't have to become, again, aggressive in that. But like, "Mm, I don't really like the way that you're speaking to me right now. I don't appreciate being called that and letting people know where our boundaries now exist because I've learned from my past experience, even though he was, you know, really mean and he was all these bad things. I learned my part and I'm going to take that and I'm going to grow so that no matter what relationship I have next, my boss or my mom or this guy or whoever, I don't really feel comfortable with that. Please don't speak to me that way kind of coming up with like your key phrases that you can just yeah. kind of get wherever you need them to be. Um, so as far as like a self-love journey goes, those are my tidbits that I would okay. definitely urge people to take note on and to be mindful of, you know, and again, like these are interchangeable. We all have different experiences and different journeys, but just knowing that there's more that you want for yourself. And again, building that self-trust because the more you honor your commitments to yourself, the more you build it. So I don't care how big or small it is. If you're just going to say one less mean thing to yourself today, and that's your effort and self-love, do that. And then applaud yourself, pat on the back, round of applause, all the things, you know, because you set out for one goal and you achieved it. Anything else is a bonus. So we like bonus, but like the goal is one, you know? I like that. Now your journal, you mentioned, does that help you kind of capture those parts of finding your part and really does does it guide you through that? So, because where do you start, right? So that's what that journal does, right? Yeah, it's a real, it's a great stepping stone. It's a, it's a way to get started. So there's okay. a couple questions in here, activities, like I said, and you know, the big, who am I question with some guides on like how to kind of start that sentence. Okay. Being able to create a vision of what you really want your life to look at, what you maybe need to get rid of your life, get rid of out of your life again, so you can make room for new things. But sometimes we're so strongly from our past that like either why did this happen to me? Or like, I'm still so mad that this person did this. And like, I can't Mm -hmm. move on. So I'm tethered to this thing. And until I release that, until I maybe find my value over the value over this anger, then I'm not able to move on. Being able to reflect on your body, being able to reflect on your achievements, being able to reflect on our, like our, our past, you know, recognizing what it is that you want to see for yourself, you know, creating an idea of like what your future could look like, you know, not just worries about the future, but what you want it to be. There's some activities here on to changing your perspective, you know, like okay. recognizing that like the way we perceive something like, Ooh, like, Wait, she said that. Is she mad at me? Versus like, <laughs> she said that like, oh, she's not mad at me. I don't do anything. She didn't tell me she's mad at me. That's the thing. Don't assume someone something if they haven't directly told you that. That's a big one. I, I love that you brought that up. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, you know. Because again, very hard. You know, I absorb a lot of energy too. I'm very much an empath. So if I feel something from somebody, like my brain goes wild and I'm like, 
are you feeling something, <laughs> you know, but also recognizing, you know, like I said before, the, the trifecta of our thoughts and our feelings and our actions, you know, that we really need to change one of those things in order to kind of help the others too. So like sometimes when like your mind is just racing and there's too much going on up there and we're having a lot of trouble doing like those thought like challenges, and those thought reframes, get active, change your behavior, go for a run, go to the gym, get outside, use your body. Cause like, again, I said before the exercise and creativity are two of the greatest forms of self-care in my opinion, because by being fully engaged in like a workout or a creative process, you mm-hmm. create flow. So I learned about this recently. It's like an actual thing. There's a flow state of mind that like you're okay. so, so enthralled in the thing that you are doing that sometimes all that other stuff just disappears because it's not important that when you're in this flow state, you're creating um, almost like a rhythm for yourself and it helps to calm your mind and your body. And now you're in this thing. And by the time you come out of it, you're like, Oh, that really wasn't such a bad, like, I'm not really that stressed about that thing mm-hmm. anymore, but maybe there's something I still need to figure out. And then I'm going to go take care of it now because my mind is not full of clutter and worry that just is getting my way. Yeah. So I, I love that, um, specifically about the exercise and creativity because I didn't realize that's what was happening. I didn't know flow was a thing. I just <laughs> knew that when I was reacting to something in a way that was not sitting well with me or I was the term overreacting bothers me because to me a reaction is a reaction you can't overreact but I don't know professionally how that works but I just when I'm reacting and I know it's getting to me to a point where I can't calm down if I go do something if I paint or if I you know exercise I love to go work physical in the yard you know put up fencing whatever instantly all of those emotions just dampen and I can I'm just focused on what I'm doing and then I can process the situation later I did not realize that was happening but when you describe it like that I'm like oh my gosh that's why that's why it's so wonderful because you know I'm I'm so engrossed in what I'm doing that it's allowing the reaction to just take a back seat and then you can process it later and I'm, I think that is so important and I love that you brought that up. So we've talked about self-love, the process of self-love, and now you mentioned the levels of self-care. We talked about the two favorite, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about, but <laughs> what are the levels of self-care? Um, so again, this is a, a personal like uh, recollection, if you will, but okay. you know, there, there are levels to self-care, you know, and a surface level self-care would be something like, you know, being able to take in, take, um, take a trip to the salon, going to get a massage. Um, there are things that are really good. And like, I love these things. You want to do a spa day girl in there anytime you want. <laughs> these things are important. It's a part, it's a level. So we do need to engage at this level. So these okay. are things you can do often, maybe once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, and you engage in something that is like, again, you're, you're there for a period of time, let's say an hour, right? You're being pampered, you're being taken care of. And like, essentially like you're leaving there feeling refreshed and that feels great. Hopefully it lasts a little bit. I mean, maybe probably last by the time I get home. And so I was like, mom, mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my massage has got all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yes, we do need that. Like there's value to it in so many different arenas that this is the self-care that we're engaging in. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's the, the necessary self-care. Okay. I mean, the 
doctor. I need to follow up on these, you know, requests for blood work. You know, I need to go get my prescription. Like I need to do these things that again, I mean, even me, like I put it in the back burner, like, oh, I just got to take care of the kids today. Like, oh, I'll do that later. Recognizing that part of that is taking care of yourself again, so that you are well and healthy to be mm-hmm. able to for others, you know, so there's the surface, there's the necessary, and then there's the deep stuff. Like we talked about, you know, getting to know yourself, practicing self-awareness, you know, really asking yourself some hard questions, trying to learn from your experiences. You know, I think that that's one of the hardest things that, you know, like I said before, I went through this journey that took several years of really me figuring out who I wanted to be without really knowing where I was starting from. And then feeling like I figured it out. I got it. I know what I want to do. I know who I want to be. I know how I want other people to treat me. And then someone treats me poorly. I'm like, wait a minute. I did this already. I don't want to feel this way anymore. (laughs) And sometimes like that for me was like a, like a a pie in the face. Like you just, I came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it that the next time somebody, whether they do it intentionally or not, hurts you. This is your first experience exercising everything that you've worked on. You know, and the first time you play in a game after just practicing, or the first time you show up for a recital after you've been practicing, the first time you show up for a fight after you've been punching a bag the whole time. And you're like, hmm, it's a little bit different. Mm, yeah, this one, uh, feels a little different. The little hurt hurts a little bit <laughs> because we yes. practice these things sometimes in real life, you know, so getting used to the practice and knowing that we can appreciate the practice, not so much again, the, the destination, but, or the, the reality that I recognize that I've learned things and now I need to execute what I've learned to help myself when I'm not feeling my best. So that's where like, okay, I know things now. What do I need to help myself? Affirmations, reminding yourself of your worth, setting intentions for yourself, learning from whatever mistake that you possibly made. Again, new mistake, whatever it may be. And learning to, dare I say, forgive yourself. Mm. (laughs) That's a big one. I think so too. I mean, usually I'm not a big advocate of forgiveness, generally speaking, acceptance. Yes. But when it comes to yourself, that you being able to forgive yourself, you being able to acknowledge that like, okay, again, I played a part here. You know, I'm not really thrilled with myself that I'm in this position, but I can grow from this. I can learn from this. There's something that I can get out of this now because I've taught myself how to do that. So again, this deep self-care is going to be the thing that helps you the next time somebody violates one of your boundaries or the next time somebody, you know, hurts your feelings, you know, the next time something doesn't really work out the way you wanted it to being able to know what it is that you need to do, what type of self-care you need to engage in to really help you to get through that, make sense of that and overcome that and move on from that. So that again, we're not being chained down by our past experiences and defined by them. But we recognize that like, yes, that happened. And I experienced that, but that is not who I am. I am somebody who went through that, learned from that, maybe grew out of that. And now I'm going to take on a new persona because I just learned something new. I created a space in my mind that now I get to fill by learning how to treat me even better. 
And sometimes without that deep self-care, when that space opens up, we fill it with a lot of anger and resentment. So the, the, the deep self-care to me, I think in my personal experience was the hardest. And yeah. I find that like, I'm, you know, you work on it. I set my boundaries and it was super, I don't want to say easy, but comparatively to what happened with my family, when it came to friends and, and coworkers, it was fairly easy to redefine myself and become the new me. And I was typically accepted as the new me. The expectations family had were was a lot different. So here I am, I've got my new me. And like you said, wait a minute, I've got a new me. Why is that hurting me so much? Why is that bothering me? Why am I wanting to go back and do the exact thing I said I wouldn't do for family? And it took journaling, me writing down what it was that that person said or did that I questioned myself again over and what I wanted to do versus what I should do. And it, it took a lot of work. It's, it's almost like, a you know, tracking your calories, but tracking your emotions and your reactions. And I love that your journal gives you space for that because I just had a notepad. I didn't have a journal. I did have professional help, but I didn't have like a book that guided me through it. And I love that what you have can do that because that's where I was so... Um, I learned the most from is figuring out, oh, when so-and-so did this, I felt like this, and I wanted to revert back to this type of person, but I'm standing strong, and it did not feel good because I really felt like I wasn't pleasing them, but in the end, I felt good because I stayed me, so thank you for saying that. Just it validated what I think, and I think a lot of our audience will as well, um, so I, we could talk for hours because I love this topic and I just think it's so important because it's, it's not the, yes, it is the getting your nails done. It is, we have to remember there's other parts of it too. And I love that you get into the hard parts, the part that most people don't want to do. And maybe we do an entire, maybe we do invite you into the private support group. And I, you mentioned that you do the, um, what is it here? I gotta, I gotta think about, it. she wrote it down. Oh, you do the soundable meditation, which mm -hmm. I think would be amazing if we invited you in and we could do, if there was a way to do it virtually would be great, but also just have like a mini workshop and see who wants to attend virtually. And we figure out how to schedule you and book you and, and really just help us ask those hard questions. Right. And I, I don't know if you'd be up for that, but I just love the idea of giving people the space with like-minded in a private safe support group um you know five ten people get together and we really it, it's like a virtual retreat for those of us who can't come to your april retreat um so just something to think about but if you want to talk a little bit about your april retreat and this amazing thing that you're doing and is it going to become a routine is it like annual what do you want to please tell us all about this Sure, I would be happy to. And yes, I'd love to kind of give more of the, the intimate setting stuff. I'm okay. All, um, but the retreat that I'm hosting, it is a women's self-love, self-care retreat. So there's going to be a lot of this deep self-care. It is April 28th to the 30th, and it is going to be out here uh, on Long Island in East Hampton. It's a beautiful, I don't know if you've ever been out to the Hamptons, but beautiful seaside, like, you know, just like a, a beautiful, 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 like arena. Um, so we're close enough to the beach. We're going to be walking down to the beach, doing some manifesting. Mm. And, 
had some incredible women and men actually coming out to help support and run some workshops with us. We're going to be doing some feminine energy stuff. We're going to be doing some natural healing stuff, manifesting, speech, deep self-care, self-awareness stuff, vision board making, sound bowl treatments, law of attraction training, relationships with family and money. Like we're doing some deep stuff. We're going to do photo shoots. We have a personal shopping event. I have a credible woman coming with her entire boutique to the house to give our girls shopping, get styled. So we're going to have food and drinks and we're going to have it all. So I'm really looking forward to this. Like I'm going, I'm going to have a great time and just, you know, enjoy the opportunity to detach for a little bit, because again, we're not often given this opportunity. We're not often invited on an opportunity like this, and we're probably not going to take it for ourselves you know, if we're not presented with this. So I'm very excited about it. Um, like I said, the 20th to the 30th, it's in East Hampton and it's just, it's the weekend. So we can retreat. We also have some day spots though. I did open some day packages because I know there's some locals and some other people who live out here on Long Island that are interested in just coming out for potentially a couple workshops or for a day. So we're going to be doing a lot, but I'm really excited. And like, this is, this is a first, this is our first retreat. Okay. So I am, I'm going to see how it rolls, but I love the idea of making an annual or doing more, you know, and yeah. seeing how it goes. I love the, well, I love in person. I'm a person, I'm a people person, Yeah. but like the virtual stuff is also really great because it reaches so many other people and, you know, we can, we can potentially do more that way too. So I'm open to opportunities. I just, like I said, I love, I love what it is that I talk about. And in whatever platform or stage I get to speak on it and potentially touch somebody or give somebody an idea on how they can do something differently to get them to where they want to be, then I've done something good for, for, for others. And that makes me feel good. I think it's amazing how you want to empower women to be their best selves, but we don't even necessarily know what that looks like, but you're willing to help us get there. And I think that's a beautiful thing because women don't always support women. And I think it's so needed to have healthy female relationships supporting each other. It's just, it. I think it's beautiful. Um, and I hope to hear that it goes so well that you start to do it annually or quarterly and we can plan well in advance. And um, that's something I would love to do at a later date. I just I know I can't make April, but I'm hoping it goes super well. Now, if I were to be able to make it or someone in our audience, how do we get tickets to your retreat? Um, So you can go on my website and check it out, actually. Um, It is jessicamaloney.net. Um, it's M O L O N E Y. Everyone spells it with an A. It's an O. Um, there's a little retreat tab. It'll give you the proposed itinerary and who it's for. And there's, um, there's a link to kind of get to the, the rooms that we have left. We only have two rooms left. Um, but if you're interested, you could also feel free to just reach out to me. Um, I can give you all this information. I can point you in the right direction. Okay. And all this. Um, so you can email me at info at jessicamaloney.net. Or you can find me on Instagram at the Jess Maloney. Oh, I love that part. See, we're, we'll have to tag you when this episode comes out, um, mm-hmm. making sure that we, we reach everyone and get everyone this great information. Now, if I want to purchase your journal, how do I do that? Well, you can get that on my website as well. It's just.net ah. or it's also on Amazon. If you oh, wonderful. If my name or it's breakthrough. 
uh, self-guided empowerment journal. Um, you can find it there as well. Okay, we will include links to that in our posts as well, because I think it's very important that, you know, all this, this um, information that we're providing is lovely, but just the idea of having a guided journal to get us through all this wonderful information, it's not going to be the end all be all solve everything, but it's something to start with and to feel like you, you're not alone because you have a professional guiding you, I think is absolutely amazing and uh, bless you for creating it and authoring it and getting it out there. So um Jessica before we go is there anything else you want to share with our audience I like I said we could do multiple episodes on this topic because I think it's so important you know we could do a lighter one and the deep one and then you know the sound bowl meditation we could do all of it so we might have to come up with some kind of a Jess Maloney series for the the future but um is there anything else you'd like to share before we we close the episode um, I'll, I'll leave you with one thing. I mean, I could talk about this forever, but um, <laughs> in the interest of everyone's time and yours as well. Um, but I think one of the things that held me back the most and why it took me so long was because I was afraid to invest in myself. I was afraid to acknowledge that I was going through this and I was struggling. So no matter where you are in your healing journey, don't be afraid to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And if you are not well, if your mind is not right, if you are not believing in yourself, the negative effects that can have on your health, your well-being, your future, and whatever else you want to create can be dramatic and drastic. So don't be afraid to invest in yourself no matter where it starts, whether it be a $20 Amazon journal or a coaching program or a therapist or a retreat, you know, these things can be so valuable and rewarding. You never know where it's going to lead you. I mean, again, this journey that I've been on and I've met some incredible people. And if it wasn't for the first mistake that I made <laughs> on being able on choosing to work with somebody that potentially was not the right person for me, if I didn't make that choice, I would not have all these other opportunities. So I'm not saying that everything is going to be like the best thing for you to do, but it leads you to an opportunity. So choosing to invest in yourself and asking for help where, where maybe it's just not your forte. And that's okay. I have nothing else to add. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this so much. And I'm, I'm really glad to be able to share. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To learn more, visit jessicamaloney.net. That's M-O-L-O-N-E-Y.net. And you can turn your can'ts into action. You are capable of so many powerful changes. Don't wait any longer to create the life you want to live.